0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: Um, okay, we need to talk about the Euphoria finale. I know, it was last night. Holy shit.
2: Okay, obviously, if you've clicked on this podcast, spoilers constantly throughout this
1: episode. Yeah. Tune out now if you haven't seen it already, okay? How are we feeling, Pip? Ah, oh, dude, it was just such a long time coming. This whole wrap up—it feels like this season has gone for a whole year, and I'm feeling a little lackluster. Maybe mm. I feel like the first half of the episode—I was laugh out loud there in the moment, loved it. And I then, laughed so
2: many times at the start, yeah,
1: and then all of a sudden, see a ashtray in what world? <laughs> And then, you know, Rue basically having her walking off into the sunset moment of like, and it all was well. I was like, what do you How did we get from here to here to here to here to here? Mate, you were grieving for like the past three episodes and suddenly you and Jules are cool and then you uh, stayed clean for the rest of the summer, which obviously, by the way, was a time jump. I don't know if you noticed that.
2: Yeah, I also noticed that we wasted, wasted four minutes with Elliot playing a song. I
1: know. I love Dominic Fike, but I was ready. Like, I was like, wrap it up, Dom. Wrap it up. 30 oh, seconds in, I was like, I'm done.
2: That was four minutes that we could have spent finding out what the hell is like Vape Girls' life story. I know. Or like what happened between Maddie and Cassie when they went off and like, you know, had a bit of a
1: Yeah, maybe a little bit more about Ruzel's sister Gia or um Ali and her I mom, mean... Laurie, the secret locked door. What happened to Laurie? What happened to Fez after he was shot? Why wasn't Laurie chasing Rue down? She owes her like thousands and thousands of dollars. And it's just like, oh, bye. See plot line. I don't know what Sam Levinson was thinking, but my God, he's got us hooked. It was, it was, I have to say, it was a good episode. I'm pretty happy
2: with it. I'm obviously like devastated mm-hmm. about Ashtray and Fez. Yeah. Uh, but... I feel like for a finale, it was pretty good.
1: It did wrap up a few things, but still, there's a lot to be said. And it doesn't really matter how you feel about this show. I think it's undeniably one of the biggest shows that we've had in the last five years for young people, I would say. It's the most talked about show on Twitter in the past 10 years. And if you've never
2: watched it before... You've definitely heard about it, um, but just a real quick catch-up for you. It's basically about a bunch of teenagers in high school and how they navigate things like drug addiction, sex, dating, relationships. Rue is the main character of the show that's played by Zendaya, and, yeah, she's she's suffering from addiction. She Her partner is Jules and how they kind of navigate their relationship, dealing with her drug use, uh, and there's also a bunch of other characters like Cassie. Maddie, best friends. Lexi's the sister. So much to unpack with all of them. This episode will get deep into some of the key themes of the show, which I still think if you haven't seen it, there's so much to learn. So stick around for that. We know that it's something that Hookup listeners are watching. 71% of you on our Instagram said that you were so excited for the finale uh, and that you're a huge fan of Euphoria. So we couldn't ignore it. No. We can't not talk about it. Absolutely not. Also, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it's obvious that like Pip and I are huge fans of the show. (laughs) You know who else is a fan of Euphoria, Pip? Who? One of our besties of the show, sex coach Georgia Grace.
3: (laughs) Yeah, the slap. (gasps) Oh my god, it's so funny. And then the girl with the vape.
2: The vape girl. Yes. We need to know more about vape girl. (laughs) Yeah, we actually spoke for like ten minutes, just kind of debriefing and chatting out the
1: final episode. (laughs) Um, Hey, Pip here, just jumping in uh, while I'm editing this podcast. Literally 10 minutes of Georgia and Dee talking about the finale. That's what you're hearing right now, sped up. Anyway, back to the pod.
2: The show mainly focuses on sex, toxic relationships, toxic masculinity, addiction, you know, things like body image, self-esteem. There are so many topics in the series that we couldn't just pick one. So in this episode, we're going to take a look at a few of the key ones and unpack them with Georgia. And just a heads up, it might get a bit heavy at times during this episode. So if you are struggling with anything I've just mentioned, maybe come back to this episode when you're ready. And also we'll put some helplines in our show notes. But first up, we wanted to know why she reckons it's such a huge show and why it's had such a chokehold on everyone around the world.
3: Drugs, lots of nudity. Um, It's been really interesting to see how many penises were in this season. I think often we just see, um, you know, breasts and bums and sometimes vulvas but we don't often see flaccid or hard penises it's a a striking thing to watch it's really really intense but then also looking at the way that it's shaping certain cultural things like the way that people dress or makeup the conversations people are having it's a a huge show and it's also controversial so Yeah. I mean, if anyone who's read any of the reviews, you can see that many people have lots to say about drug use and the sex scenes and the characters and the things that are happening. So people are talking.
2: And I mean, there's been so many teen dramas before this, obviously. Skins, Gossip Girl. Riverdale. Riverdale. Uh, But I think this show seems to be so much more popular because of its relatability of the really raw issues it portrays uh, which is you know what you told us
0: I definitely relate to Cat the most Lexi is such a relatable character and that she's like exploring her sexuality and, like, figuring out, like, who she wants to be with and, like, what kind of person she wants to be. And, like, I just find that so interesting. I think he's a caricature, but there's definitely, like, a lot of honest things about that. I think the character has, like, a lot of... There's a lot of good things they say about the male ego with that. I definitely can relate to different aspects of each character. I think there's an aspect of relatability in each single person.
2: Okay, so it's relatable for people who have had these lived experiences. But what if you don't relate... Are you going to watch a show like this and learn certain behaviours? You know, people online are talking about the fact that it's glamorising lots of really bad shit like toxic relationships and drug use. I wonder if you're 16, you know, maybe around your late teens and you're watching it, do you think that this is just how normal relationships function? Well, hook listener Izzy got in touch because he felt like it could mess with young people's ideas of their future.
0: I guess it's it's a little confusing sometimes because, I mean, I'm 18, I've just come out of high school and it's like, I guess it's such a caricature of that experience that I can't really, like, relate to it too much. It's it's just a little strange because I think that might give some people an unrealistic expectation of what high school would be.
2: And high school listener Kay also got in touch because she agrees as well. To the people who are vulnerable, I think
0: it could definitely be an influence. If you're a very vulnerable person who's um was a bit naive, I think that that could definitely impact you a bit and it could definitely influence you in not quite the right ways Um, and you could definitely take that as a oh well I'm gonna dabble a little bit in drugs, dabble a little bit in online sex and that sort of stuff but I think as you mature a little bit you realize that it's more of a cautionary tale and rather something to like
2: not live by. (laughs) So yeah it really sounds like Kay and Izzy get it which is great But let's be honest, we still have a long way to go when it comes to sex education around the world. And we can't deny the cultural impact that this kind of show has on people. And that's what Georgia Grace is mulling over.
3: Look, I think when we're we're looking at pieces of culture and of art, we can't underplay the impact that they have on people of relationships, the way that people see the world but I think there's also a a responsibility on the individual to be able to critique um, and uh, take what's useful and leave anything else that isn't. And in saying that, it's also very, very important that young minds and young people have access to education that supports them in understanding and recognising that this is a show, that this is not reality. This is there to entertain. It's there to make you feel, it's there to make you feel uncomfortable. But a lot of young people, if they are turning to this as a form of education, then of course, like that could feel really misleading if this is informing how you should think and feel about sex relationships and drugs.
2: From hearing all your thoughts and feelings about the show on our Instagram, it seems like there were definitely a few characters and plot lines that really hit close to home. First up, let's talk about the Cassie and Maddie beef.
1: You're fucking Nate. Are you kidding me? No, I I don't even know why she would say that. You're lying. Can we just table this conversation? (laughs) The mum. I know, it's such an intense moment, but man, the memes that have come out of that have been immaculate. The TikToks. Oh my God, the mum kills me. She's so funny. Well, look, anyway, Dee, we had a lot of people get in touch about how relatable this plotline is, because let's be honest, I feel like cheating is just something that's never going to go away.
2: It's a huge issue in relationships. And yeah, someone who could really see herself in the storyline of Maddie and Cassie is hookup listener Mia.
0: I had something pretty similar happen to me actually in a high school. I broke it off with the toxic ex, and um, then my best friend at the time, like a month later, started dating him in secret. It was a lot. Yeah, we were friends for a pretty long time all throughout high school, so it was, it's pretty rough on rough on me emotionally. And like watching Euphoria afterwards, Maddie, like some of the things she said, I actually said to her on like a phone call when we were kind of having our final goodbye. But yeah, it, it's been. It's been pretty rough, but yeah, good now.
2: So if you can relate like Mia and you're dealing with this right now, here's some advice from Georgia.
3: I think this is really common and many people are familiar with it, particularly at school because you're typically like around the same group of people, you're young, everything is exciting and new. Um, Ultimately, I think the, the question is, is this relationship important for you to repair is it something that you're willing and able to move on from and if so are all parties involved committed to to healing and working on it yes the relationship may not be the same as it was in the past because you've gone through this really shitty awful even traumatic thing where trust has been broken there's been infidelity or you've treated someone you love really badly um However, I think it's important to note that you can come back from this and you can heal and um, if this is a lifelong friend or a partner and you do want to work on it, you absolutely can and often what we see when it comes to infidelity is that people are demonized, um, whether it was uh, behavior that isn't integral to who they are, or they had a lapse of judgment, or they did something that they're really not proud of. Um, Of course, it's not great and of course it doesn't feel great to be in that situation however um you know as a practitioner who has worked with people in navigating moving beyond infidelity um, there is a lot that you can do whether you're the friend or whether you know you're in the relationship
2: and that's the thing, there's so much conversation uh, around online at the moment after that episode and people just hate Cassie. I know, they
1: absolutely loathe her and sometimes with good reason. I mean, she did make out that her life is harder than Ruse and also she's totally been in denial about the whole Nate situation.
2: Yeah, she's, you know, being kind of delusional about it all, trying to convince everyone around <laughs> her that it was okay. Uh, but the thing that I think people are missing with this is, you know, it is such a complex issue and I can't help but feel like, You know, Cassie just gets painted with this broad villain brush, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, we actually had hookup listener Maxine tell us about how she was the friend who got with the ex and how it panned out for her. I
0: am now with my partner of three years, who was actually at one point my best friend's partner at the time. So we went through a whole thing with how that progressed and it even though it was very, very different to this situation. I still don't have a relationship with her anymore because I think that stereotype of like, oh, he's my ex, you're a bad person, just kind of shrouded everything and she wanted nothing to do with me. It was a very like tricky situation to handle and looking back on it now, I think that I did all the right things. You know, so it definitely, if it was going to go that way, then that's okay because I did what I needed to do.
2: Yeah, big shout out to Maxine because it's really interesting to hear this perspective. We don't normally hear it from the other side. And I also think, Pimp, that there's been this real huge Maddie versus Cassie showdown for weeks. But yet no blame for Nate. Right? What the fuck is with that? (laughs) Well, Maxine said the same thing. She said that watching everyone ripping into Cassie through the past season has just been really hard to watch.
0: With Cassie, I I think it makes me so sad to see her character because I think she goes through so much and she obviously has a lot of issues there and she's everything she does feels like a cry for help and it is not addressed at all. Um, like Her entire character I think I relate to and just feels so poorly handled that she is made out to be such a bad person
2: and georgia had something to say on this too she basically said that you know the show does a really good job of portraying like young love and that not everything is black and white we're all learning we all make mistakes
3: isn't that just a tale as old as time people choosing the side of two women and you know making someone the hero and someone you know the devil but That is really uncomfortable. And I think if you've been in the position of either of them, perhaps you can empathise and understand where they're both coming from. But, yeah, we've seen Cassie's journey from season one to season two, her relationships with men, the validation that she seeks from, you know, being with men, the comfort, her own relationship with her dad as informing how she relates to other men as well. And I also think, you know, that this is what can happen when you're younger, like when you are seeking out relationships and love, you're navigating attraction, you're really, really learning what this means. And I think everyone makes mistakes as they're learning that. Um, And it is truly, you know, as we saw that the absolute chaos erupted because Everyone was disappointed with the way that they acted. Um, They don't know how to move forward and it's really heartbreaking to see.
2: Okay, let's talk about our favorite characters this season, Lexi and Nefez. Spexy! Spexy! That's
0: what I like about you the most though. Like, we don't really have nothing in common. That's not true.
2: We both have the same sense of humor and are empathic and curious. I love them. Oh, my heart. When they touched hands. Stop. Wop. My. Oh. <laughs> I can't handle them. I don't know why. I haven't like dug that deep into my own psyche. But I reckon they made this season, they gave it more of a plot line because there were just so many episodes where it was seriously just an hour-long
1: music video of <laughs> Cal and Nate, like, drunk driving or Rue's eulogy. Oh, man, that went forever. And it was, like, split between, like, three episodes while she was grieving. I think and she they – I don't cleaned. even know if it was
2: split, Pip. I'm pretty sure they replayed the same oh, parts of it over actually, and over Actually, maybe again. you
1: might be right. Yeah. I feel like I did see a couple of lines that I was like, eh, that sounds familiar, but anyway, yeah, they honestly made the season bearable. We needed that light amongst the darkness.
2: And it is just such a classic storyline. I think we see a lot of, you know, that perfect yeah. pairing, the dynamic between the bad boy with the hard exterior, who's soft actually on the inside, and you know, the quiet girl with good grades. Yeah.
1: Studious. Yeah. And we had loads of you relating to this uh relationship, particularly hookup listener Danny from Darwin.
0: When I was like 16, I was a straight A student. I was, you know daddy's little girl and I didn't do anything bad and then I started hanging out with my cousin who was two years older than me and we started you know experimenting with drugs and things like that and then I met this boy who was like small town drug dealer like Fez and he was quite you know violent and nobody nobody fucked with him pretty much yeah he was such an like so mean to everybody else but to me he was just so soft and gentle and he ended up taking my virginity so we had this cute little relationship, but then I packed up and went to uni and I've never seen him since. And even just everything he represents, like that bad boy, and even today I still choose the same type of guys, like the assholes.
2: And Georgia says that she sees this type of relationship dynamic all the time with her clients, and there's two ways to view it. It's a trauma response or or an attraction. We could look at this in a few ways.
3: Um, I guess if we're looking at trauma responses and trauma bonding and the way that, you know, um, the people, the types of people who we look for that may feel familiar to certain um, relationships that we've had in the past that do feel safe because they mirror something that you've experienced in the past. So that's like maybe um, more of the trauma approach it is. But then if we're looking at um, attraction and, you know, opposites attract something that is so new and unfamiliar or so different to who we are, someone who makes us feel different or new, um, it can feel really, really exciting. Many people relate, people saying, why can't I just stop? going for people who are bad for me um, and maybe it's really useful for anyone to to get really curious to reflect to write think about discuss you know what is attractive to you why are you attracted to this um, Perhaps what sort of habits or behaviors do you need to shift or sort of redirect in order to start having relationships that might be healthier or, you know, safer or more beneficial for you. And of course, that is a huge process that often people work through with a professional.
2: I spoke to G for ages about Euphoria and obviously the finale, but, you know, I kind of wanted to finish up by asking her what she thought the show could do better. And she actually somehow managed to put it back on me. Have a listen.
3: I honestly don't know. (laughs) I don't feel that I'm at any level to comment on Sam Levinson's work. Like, I I don't know. What do you think they should change? What can they do better? I don't
2: know, but (laughs) I think that a lot of people find it really triggering. So there could be some elements of just like a warning maybe at the start. That's a really great point.
3: That could be incredibly useful. And I don't know if this is necessarily the show's responsibility, but like support for what to do if it has been triggering for you. Um, You know, whilst... It's important to acknowledge this is a show. For many people, this feels way too real, way too traumatic and triggering. And if that's the case for you, don't watch it or, or watch it at a time, if, you, if you're really wanting to, watch it at a time that you feel safe or you have someone there who you can check in and connect with and get
2: that support. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. Euphoria is a challenging,
1: fun, insightful, thought-provoking, raw, sexy, ooh, heart-tugging as well. Yeah. Tears. Ashtray, Fez, tears. Oh, man. It was was a good show. And I'll
2: probably be talking about it for the next week. Until the next season. Which will be in like three years. Yeah, probably.
1: Yeah. We'll
2: we'll do another episode then. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And if you have been listening to this episode, you've never seen the show, or maybe you have and you just struggled... To get into it, we've heard a bit of that from people. Yeah. Well, here's some advice that I saw on a TikTok the other day. (laughs) What? Once you realise that Euphoria is actually just an hour-long music video, you can just relax, sit back and enjoy it.
1: (laughs) Oh, God. That's so true. Why didn't you tell me this at the start?
2: You can DM us, though, at Triple J The Hookup if you want to chat about Euphoria or (laughs) any of the other topics that we cover on The Hookup. Sex, dating, relationships, love. If there's anything that you need help with, send us a DM. Or you can hit us up on email. The hookup, the hookup at. We'll
1: you do it together. It, you do we'll it. do it together. Okay. The, the hookup up at abc.net.au. Catch you next Why time. Why are you cute like that? <laughs> Bye! Bye. Bye.